0: All right, it looks like we are recording for mamas that have not made it to Moms for Mental Health this January of 2021. Um, Today we are starting a dive into the unseen yet seen women in the Bible um, and the name of God El Rawai. And so um, this morning, I'll take a moment just to introduce myself, and then we'll dig into that teaching. My name's is Jennifer. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a writer, I'm a doula, I'm a special needs mama, and I've struggled with my mental health really for probably my entire life, mainly because of my chronic disease, but also just lots of real raw life, um, and I'm really excited to share Hannah's story Um, In part because of my work um, as a doula and in part because, gosh, um, how many of us have felt unseen at some point in our mothering experience. Um, I'd like to say all of us, especially if we have um, a journey with personal or familial mental health this semester, we're seeking out the God who seeks us out. And when I wrote that down, I thought about that for a little while of how we are constantly seeking God and God is constantly seeking us. Uh, but we don't often see that in our day-to-day lives. And that's hard because as a doula, a lot of the time I work with new moms, um, all of the time actually I work with new moms and I am there sometimes when they birth, but most of the time I'm there in the postpartum space when new life has just come down to earth to be with us and what you notice about babies more than anything else is that they crave being seen Um, yes they're hungry and um, yes they need their diapers changed and they want touch but they cry and they whine because without it they won't receive what they need and they're looking for us to soothe them and how often is that the same relationship that we have with god and we cry out and we whine and we want to be seen, we want to be soothed, uh, but often, at least in my personal journey, I haven't felt that soothing, that being seen here on earth. I'm going to share some times where I have felt that, um, but we're going to really dig deeper into Hannah and what her experience of this was. And so if you've never heard it before, El is the name uh, given to Hagar by the Lord himself for himself. Our God is the God who hears us, yes that he's the God who sees us in the dark and quite literally El-Rawai means the God who sees us, you and me. Um, In 2020 though, I think a lot of us, if we had not questioned it before, if we um, maybe have been on a longer journey and we have questioned it before, maybe 2020 felt like any other year, but in 2020 in particular, um, I'd like you to maybe take a moment and reflect towards the end and ask yourself, did you feel seen and did you feel heard? And if you watched the news, did you perhaps see people that were looking to be seen or to be heard? Um, For me, I noticed a resounding sound of hearts pounding outside of chests of just beautiful people that were in the streets. and these people wanted to be seen. They wanted to be seen because they were protesting um, because they didn't want to wear their masks or they um, they were protesting because Black lives really do matter. And all of these things just kind of came forth and all of these people were looking for a God who sees them, kind of like a lot of us. Um, like I said, me in particular, I've always been looking for God to see me. And I feel like most of us, even since birth, have had that. But on a mental health journey in particular, like I need God to see me. And so El-Rawai, the God who sees us, sees everything. Uh, He's who we're talking about this semester. And in particular, the relationship between El-Rawai and incredible unseen women in the Bible. And so today we'll talk about Hannah. um, And then further along down, we'll talk about the woman at the well. We'll talk about Hagar. We'll interview some women um, and get some good testimonies of when they've been seen on their journey with mental health, either personally or familially. And uh see what God's been up to. So uh, most recently, I've been reading the work of Marcus Borg. he's a biblical scholar and an author whose voice really resonates with what's been on my heart. And he talks about some reoccurring themes in the Bible. And so we'll dig into 1 Samuel and Hannah in a moment. But um, what he shares, I think are really important themes that if you have um, maybe a pen and a piece of paper, Or if you want to come back to this video after and write it down, these themes are important ones, particularly for the unseen, I feel like, Um, because God proves through these themes that he sees us uh, in our bondage. He sees us when we feel like we are in exile. Uh, He sees us in the dark um, and he becomes the light that we need so desperately in the dark. And he knows that we yearn not only for him, but for fulfillment. And so um, these four core themes that kind of go on and on in both the New and the Old Testament are places and spaces for us to each personally dive deeper into, um, just because it can be so lonely with mental health um, and in motherhood. And so digging into Hannah, I'm going to start by reading uh, Samuel 1, and I'm trying to decide which version I'd like to go with today, but I'm thinking I'm going to go with um, the common English Bible, just because it's, it's an easy read. And so it's, uh, one Samuel chapter one, verse three through 17. It says every year, this man would leave his town to worship. And this is, uh, Elkanah every year. This man would leave his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heavenly forces in Shiloh, where Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas were the Lord's priests. Whenever he sacrificed, Elkanah would give parts of the sacrifice to his wife, Panina and to all her sons and daughters. But he would only give one part of it to Hannah, though he loved her, because the Lord had kept her from conceiving. And because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving, her rival would make fun of her mercilessly, just to bother her. So that is what took place year after year. Whenever Hannah went to the Lord's house, Panina would make fun of her. Then she would cry, and she wouldn't eat anything. Hannah, why are you crying? Her husband Elkanah would say to her. Why won't you eat? Why are you so sad? Aren't I worth more to you than ten sons?" One time after eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah got up and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting in the chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Hannah was very upset and couldn't stop crying as she prayed to the Lord. Then she made this promise, Lord of heavenly forces, "'Just look at your servant's pain and remember me. "'Don't forget your servant. "'Give her a boy. "'Then I'll give him to the Lord for his entire life. "'No razor will ever touch his head.' "'As she kept praying before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth. "'Now Hannah was praying in her heart. "'Her lips were moving, but her voice was silent. "'So Eli thought she was drunk. "'How long will you act like a drunk? "'Sober up,' Eli told her. "'No, sir,' Hannah replied. "'I'm just a very sad woman. "'I haven't got any wine or beer.' but have been pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think your service is some good for nothing woman. This whole time I've been praying out of my great worry and trouble. Eli responded, then go in peace and may the God of Israel give you what you have asked from him. Oh, this story hits me every time um, I had all the notes as I was writing this because I mean, Hannah is just in an uncomfortable situation. I mean, she is one of two wives who has not received that which she desires more than anything in the whole world. So she's unseen, not only by God, and that's how she's feeling as she's crying out to him, but she's unseen by Panina, his, her husband's other wife. Um, because Panina's happy as can be. She's got everything that her heart desires, or so it seems, and she's feeling that oppression um, because she's sharing her partner with this person. She's unseen in a personal exile. Uh, the priest thought she was drunk in the temple. So uh, poor emotional intelligence on his part, but uh, she, she's unseen in this exile and she was unseen as she sought light in the darkness. Um, and it doesn't say that she's been sharing her heart with Panina or any other women in her life. Um, Fortunately, she does go to the Lord, and I think that that makes a difference for all of us. And then finally, she yearned for fulfillment of what she believed was her calling, and her calling in her heart was to be the mother of a boy. And so I personally uh, know that last part quite well, and so as I was reading through this, I was just reminiscing about how often I have yearned for motherhood, and my yearning is different than Hannah's. Um, I didn't have trouble conceiving the first one. I did the second. But if we dig into Hannah's prayer after uh, she's given birth to this lawyer, um, I really enjoy this as well. So we've seen her prayer. She's calling out to God, give me a son, give me a son, give me a son. And if you read all of Samuel, you'll see she get she is gifted Samuel. And so Hannah's prayer when she does receive a son is, is just absolutely beautiful. And we'll dig into that. I personally um, have yearned for motherhood, but never actually thought I wanted kids until I met just a very kind man and he changed my mind and my heart. We had one baby who we almost lost to critical illness when he was very young, and then another after secondary infertility. And while I, at times I've resisted pouring all of me into motherhood, and um, I beg of you, if you have not ever experienced that, it's, it's a real thing. Some of us have a really hard time being moms. Um, But chronic disease, something that I've lived with my really entire life at this point, um, has stripped me of all other yearnings other than seeing my babies grow up. And so each time my chronic disease flares, it's manifested differently in different organ systems and different limitations and different disease processes. I've had everything from lupus to dengue fever to cancer to really everything in between, it feels like at this point, um, and like Hannah, I've watched other women do all the beautiful things with their children and wondered how long it would be until I got to do the same. And also again and again, I can tell the stories of how seen I've been and, um, I've been seen. I think if we each take that time to oh, sit down just with the Lord. And when I opened up my Bible this week, it was, it was all of the teachings of how Jesus went off and prayed. If we just go off and pray for just a little bit, I feel like the Lord will reveal to us all the times that we have been seen. For me, I have been seen in surviving cancer and getting to see my babies grow up. I have been seen and that I still get to have a small and sometimes limited career and get to see my babies grow up and be a part of it. But foundationally for me, motherhood has become kind of the, uh the, the point on which I gauge all of their things. If it's its what I want most in my life. And sometimes that's really hard to say because it's also the hardest space of my life as a special needs mom because I don't just do life with chronic disease. I do life with chronic disease and a child that has severe OCD and sensory processing disorder and often doesn't sleep. And so um, praise, like Hannah has praised doesn't come from my lips as often as it could I don't like the word should um, but when I read Hannah's prayer it just brings me back to all of those highs all of the times that I have been seen and what I could be doing to further develop my relationship with the Lord because he is El-Rawai and he sees us and he meets our needs exactly where we are and so Hannah's prayer it says uh in Chapter two, then Hannah prayed and said, my Lord, um, my heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance, for the Lord is God who knows and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, and those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she has also had. She who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive; he brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with the princes and has them inherit a throne of honor for the foundations of the earth are the Lord's on him on them. He has set the word. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The most high will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And so oh, Hannah prays. And there's one particular verse. Um, it's verse nine. It says, God guards the feet of the faithful ones, but the wicked die in darkness. Because no one succeeds by strength alone. And it's that last part. No one succeeds by strength alone. And if we are seen, if anything good happens, for me personally, it means that we are seen. And it means that God has been intervening on my behalf. And so this song, it's beautiful. Um, But when I wonder about its beauty most, it must be because she was seen. And because there was darkness. And because out of darkness came light. And so as we um, break out into our group to have further discussion today, I'll be stopping the recording in a moment. Um, I want to urge you to note the last time you were seen. And um, as we dig deeper for both our mental health and well-being and for our spiritual health, when have you cried out to the Lord and how has God answered? Uh, When has light wiped away the darkest night? And if you're crying out now, how's your soul? Really, because there's been many times that I'm like, okay, Lord, you do not see me right now. Um, I'm not sure if you're here. I'm wondering if you exist, but my heart says you exist. Um, and so if you're in a space like that, have you carved out time to process, digest, integrate all of this to cry out as Hannah cried out to praise God for what he has done and for what he will continue to do because he is. He's LROI. He sees us, and so I'm going to stop our recording now so that we can have further conversation about this.